Welcome to the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. In our sermon series, Follow Me, we will be looking at what it means to be a disciple. Today's speaker is Senior Minister Dee Dee Bacon. So the other night I was having a conversation with my daughter. Ever have those conversations where you're talking about some heavy stuff, you're talking about some deep stuff, subsequent stuff, it's one of those conversations where there's a lot of tears and and, and stuff like that, and, and, and all of a sudden you get this, this, this idea of something comes to you, and it's exactly the right thing you're supposed to say. I mean, it just clarifies everything and helps that person really well. Well, I was having a conversation with my daughter, Maddie, and she was struggling with things. She was dealing with life transitions. She's dealing with growing up and all that goes with it, dealing with some serious disappointments and hurts that she's had recently. And as we were talking, it struck me that many times... Many times when we're in this situation, we get into a mindset where we think what we're going through, the, the pain, the struggle, the difficulty, what we're going through is the end of all things, right? Have you ever had that? It's, oh, no. Oh, oh. Right? And, and, and we get into that woe is me, and we can't see beyond the ne- to the next day, and the sun will not rise, and, and we're just like, oh, I'm done. And it struck me that a lot of times we, in our thinking, what it's like is that we think life or these events uh, are happening, and at the end of it, it's, it's, it's a period. Where I come from, we say full stop. Doesn't that sound better than period? Full stop. We think life is a series of full stops. And I said, Maddie, no, no, no. Don't think of it as a full stop. Think of it as a comma. Think of it as a comma. See, a full stop is final. It's the end. There's nothing more to come. It's the, the, you're done with what you were doing, and, and if it happens to be a life event, that means that there's nothing more beyond that. But if you think of it as a comma, if you think about the things that you're going through as a comma and that your life is a journey, well, then you know there's more to come. There's hope. It means that what has been before is just part of, of the whole uh, transition. Periods about the, about the finite. Comma is about the infinite. Periods about being inflexible. It is what it is. We love to say that, right? It is what it is. What do we mean? Well, nothing's going to change. It is what it is. I have to accept it, suck it up, pull myself up by my bootstrap, blah, blah, blah. Well, Comma is about process. Comma is about hope. Comma is about journey and growth. It's about the best is yet to come. The adventure continues. What was in the past can serve as something to, to move me into the future. I can learn from what, I'm, what I've been through and I can move on to better things ahead. So today we begin a new series called Follow Me. And, you know, follow me, comma. When you read through the Gospels, the Gospels are the New Testament recordings of the story and life of Jesus. And the purpose of the Gospel is to simply convince the people that were receiving the message that Jesus is who He said He is and that you can believe in Him and have eternal life. So when you read through the story of the Gospel, what you notice is that when Jesus called people to Him, He said simply, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. The community of faith that we call the church today continues in that vein. Church is about follow me. We follow Jesus as we follow those who follow Jesus together. 
follow me. And follow me does not end with a period. No, follow me has a comma. It's a calling that has a promise. It's a commitment to a lifestyle that's a journey, a process that goes on into eternal life. And, and this is the good news that we preach. This is grace. Jesus meets, where, meets us where we are, and he calls us to follow. If you're in the gutter or you're in the highest of heights in life, Jesus meets you where you are, and he says, follow me. He saves us, cleans us, and employs us to a life that will not end in a period, a life that will be a series of commas, a work in process, a journey of faith, a walk with the Holy Spirit. This morning we're going to look at the life story, an account that involves a guy named Simon. Uh, Simon, you might know as Peter. Peter, Simon Peter, the apostle, the uh, foot in the mouth uh, guy who did some great things for God but did some stupid stuff as well. Uh, I kind of kind of relate to him. Uh, Simon Peter was a fisherman. Fisherman meaning that was his business. That was his livelihood. He caught fish and sold fish on the Lake Galilee during the first century right there uh, north of, of Judea, Lake Galilee. He was a Jew. He was a man that was obviously not content with his life as it was. He was not happy with where he is stationed in life. He was looking for something beyond himself. You say, well, how do you know that, Didi? Well, you just look at his life story. Peter was not someone who was content with the reality or, or, or what was going on to say, my life is not going to end with a period and that's it. No, Peter was someone who was a follower looking for something more. We first introduced to, to Peter as one of the followers of a man named John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the prophet who was sent by God to prepare the people of Israel for the coming of the Messiah. John the Baptist was a cousin of Jesus. And so John the Baptist preached a message of repentance. He said, hey, turn away from your ways and follow God because... There's coming one who's greater than me. He's coming one who is the Messiah, the one you guys have all been waiting for, the one that you've read about in your Sunday school or Sabbath school or synagogue school, whatever school they were going to. And he's coming, and you better be ready for him. And so Peter became a follower of John the Baptist because he was not happy with where he was in life. He was discontent with the status quo. He was uneasy with the thought that this is all that I have to live in. He was captured by the sense that there's more to come. As a Jew, he loved his people. And he was waiting for the fulfillment of his people's dream that the Messiah would come and liberate them from slavery. And in his mind, he thought, well, that means he's going to liberate us from the rule of these foreign invaders, the Romans. Uh, he got a little wrong there because when he found out, when he, when he learned about Jesus, he realized, no, Jesus come to liberate us from a greater oppressor, that is sin and death. Peter wanted more for his people. He wanted more for his, from his God. He wanted more from his life as a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee. He was not content with where his life was. And then enter Jesus. John the Baptist said, hey, you see that dude? Jesus, he's the one. Peter and his, his homies, that's, that's a biblical term. Peter and his homies were like, okay, let's go and find out more about this Jesus dude. 
So they started hanging out with him. Luke chapter 5 tells us that Jesus was preaching. He was right there by the, the, the shores of the Lake Galilee. Simon and his partners had just spent a whole night fishing. They had pulled up their boats on the shore. They were cleaning the nets. Jesus said, hey, dudes, that's another biblical term. He said, hey, uh, do you mind if I just borrow one of these boats because I've got a large crowd here. I'm going to push out from the, from the edge in this boat, and I'm going to be able to teach them as they stand on the shores and hear what I have to say about the kingdom of God. So they, okay, let's do that. Let's pick up this account. Luke chapter 5, verse 4. Luke chapter 5, verse 4. Please follow along with me. It says, when he had finished speaking, the he here is Jesus. So when Jesus had finished teaching the people, he said to Simon, he said to Simon, who was sitting there on the edge, cleaning his nets, also listening, hey, Simon, come on out. Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down your nets. Now, when you read that, I want you to read, this, read that with sarcasm. I didn't read it with sarcasm because I don't think Peter was like, Oh, Lord, of course. I'm thinking that Peter's grumpy. He's been fishing all night. He's caught nothing. And this Jesus dude who's the Messiah, okay, all right, Jesus, since you said that, let's do this. Come on, boys, let's see. It says, when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell on Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Why would he say that? Because he felt convicted that he would be an ornery and sarcastic saying, Oh, of course, if you say it, Jesus, carpenter boy, we're going to do it. Right? But he says, go away from me, for I, I'm sinner. I fail to recognize who you are. I fail to recognize that you are something special. For amazement had seized him, it says, and all his companions, because of the catch of fish which they had taken, so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear, from now on you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Luke 5, 4 through 11. In your outlines, we have a, a statement there that I think is very important for you to write on. It says, Jesus calls us to follow him. What does that mean? It means doing life being led by Jesus. Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Notice he didn't say, uh, submit to me, listen to me, pay me, serve me, become one with me as we become one with the universe. He said, follow me. The underlying imagery here is walking together with Jesus, walking together with life. To be a disciple of Jesus at that time meant doing life with Jesus. It meant being present with him as he taught. It meant watching him as he modeled the way to live. It meant listening to what he had to say and seeing what he had to do and learning what he had to teach in a day-to-day -day life way. And you say, well, Didi, you know, that, that makes sense. Then Jesus was present then, and he said to the guys, hey, follow me, and they, they followed him. Uh, how does that work for us today? Because Jesus I, is Jesus is not here. Yes, he is. 
See, you read the whole story and you realize, uh, you come to know that, that Jesus died on the cross so that we could be made right with God and he's buried and he's rose again, which means he's alive today. And then he says to the, his, these same guys, he says, hey, by the way, uh, I'm going back to the Father. I'm going to send you one who will be me to you and you will be able to share a message in which this one will then be available to everyone else who believes like you. And that one is the Holy Spirit. In other words, we can still walk with Jesus today as we, as the Bible says, walk by the Holy Spirit. That is the presence of God in our life, living day to day, walking with us as we do life together with the Holy Spirit, seeking to follow God, being guided by the Spirit of Jesus. The spirit of Jesus who knows the heart of Jesus and the mind of Jesus in our life living day to day. So the invitation for us is to continue to follow him, to live with him in life. I I find that a beautiful, beautiful picture of what the Christian faith is all about. It's not study. It's not doing a bunch of rules. No, the Christian faith is God's presence in my life and we live life together in fellowship. God with me. And my role is to be attentive to God's promptings as he leads me day to day in my faith, the Holy Spirit working in our life, learning what he had to teach me, what he's communicated to me in the word of God, and living it out in my day to day, in my choices, doing life together. Peter was looking for more. And I would say every one of us are looking for more in our life. That's why we're here. You come to church. Why? Because I want more. I'm not happy with the, the trajectory of my life. I'm discontent with where I was going. And, and God has come into my life. Uh, Jesus has intersected in my life. And he's offered me more. A lifestyle that is far better, far, far greater than anything that is offered out into the world. Jesus came to Peter and said, follow me. And he comes to us today and he says, follow me. Follow me as a man. Men. Follow me as a woman. Women, follow me as a husband, follow me as a wife, follow me as a worker, follow me as a parent, follow me as we walk together through life, and your life will never be the same. Your life will have a new purpose. It'll be a life of commas, not periods. I just love how Jesus tells Peter, follow me, Peter, and I'll make you a fisher of men. And of course, you're like, oh, wow, Peter was a fisherman. But I just love that Jesus meets Peter where he was at his vocation and says, no, I'll take your desire, your, 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 your passion, your calling in life as a fisherman, and I'm going to elevate it to a higher calling, a God calling. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. To follow Jesus results in a new life purpose. Jesus met Peter where he was, and he moved him toward a new life purpose. Peter knew fishing. Jesus took Peter's vocation and he changed its trajectory. The skills, the experience, the passion for fishing would all be used for his new life purpose. That's what Jesus does. When we start to follow him, he takes what we have and he moves it to a new level, a new purpose, a new meaning, a new trajectory. Open Doors is a ministry working with persecuted Christians around the globe they recently shared the following true story about a Muslim convict to Christ. Bagus, it's not his real name, in order to protect him, came to know Jesus in 2014. He was baptized in the following year, 2015. Bagus remembered well the reason why he followed Christ. Listen to what he said. He said, it was because of my long, hard, and troubled life, ma'am. 
So when you finally decided to follow him, your life wasn't troubled anymore? Not anymore, ma'am, he said. What did you do for a living then? I was a trash picker. And what do you do now? I'm still a trash picker. But looking at the external circumstances of his life, it would be easy to conclude that his life had not improved. The journalist then asked him, so how did you feel about choosing to follow Isa, which is Jesus? Very different. I felt happy and restful, he replied. Bagas then quietly mentioned that he was a house church leader of 15 former Muslims in his village. The journal, journalist also discovered that Bagas's life was far from untroubled as a follower of Christ. The villager had seen Bagas share the story of Jesus with a neighbor and reported him to the village authorities. The authorities took him and the 15 others to a paddy field and threatened to kill him unless they returned to Islam. Bagas refused and remained firm in his new faith. While his life was spared at that moment, he is now forced to live apart from his wife and children, spending the days on the streets, and he can only see them periodically. I never regretted my decision to follow Jesus, he said, without a hint of doubt. I'm following him wholeheartedly. How does that happen? Bagas has a new life purpose following Jesus, and though he's a trash picker, He's a trash picker for Jesus. Though he was a fisherman, Peter became a fisher of men for Jesus. Whatever your life situation is today, when you follow Jesus, you're given a new life purpose. When you choose to be obedient to the call, respond with a yes to follow me, it gives you a new life purpose. But in order to have that, you have to let go. The text says that Peter responded to the invitation of Jesus to follow him by leaving everything, it says, and he followed. Now we say everything, and we're like, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to become a missionary and go to Africa? Does it mean I have to leave my, my, my home and spouse and everything else? Do I have to go and die? What does that mean? Well, looking at the story of Peter, we, we recognize that, first of all, we realize that he didn't totally leave the fishing business. It looks like he stayed in there because later on in the gospel accounts, you, you see him going out to fish again. And so, obviously, he was still connected in that business. And even in the later gospel accounts, we, in, in one of the letters that Paul's having describing the ministry of Peter, he talks about Peter's wife. So, obviously, he didn't leave his wife and family so what, what does it mean he left everything? Well, here's this imagery. The image is that he did it, he let go of his nets and his commitment to his, live his life according to his own agenda. He let go of the stuff that he grasped on for meaning and purpose. He let go of what, what he knew, what, what he thought would bring him happiness and purpose. He let go and he gave himself to walk with Jesus. To follow Jesus. See, that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. To let go of everything. Everything that keeps you moving forward with Jesus. Everything that would prevent you to making a right turn if Jesus calls you to make a right turn in life. Or a left turn if Jesus calls you to make a left turn. It means being committed to learn to live in harmony with Christ's leadership. It is trusting that the life that he leads you in is the best life you can live. Even if there's struggle, even if there's pain, even if there's, there's disappointment. Have you ever done a moment of reflection? You know, it's my birthday today, so I'm a little reflective. My mom said, happy birthday, middle-aged man. I'm like, thanks, mom. 
old lady. Anyway, um, We have a great relationship. Anyway, uh, you ever look back in your life and just wondered, you know, there were moments, those, those comma moments, right? There are moments that I made a decision and it's led me to where I'm at. I, I do that every now and then. I, I think about that. I think about what if I had not responded to Jesus' invitation to follow him at the age of 12? You know what? I know I, won't be, I wouldn't be here in front of you punk kid from Rhodesia, Africa wouldn't be standing here in front of you in Cincinnati, Ohio, thousands of miles away. What if I had chosen not to follow Jesus and to leave Africa to to respond to the call to go into ministry and study in England? What if I had chosen not to leave England at the time and come to America? I think about all those critical moments in my life and my faith walk that I chose to follow and they are commas, they're not periods. They're, they're, they're added to the journey and does not bring an end to, to the story. You think about your life and you think about those moments that, that you made a decision. And, and, it, and if it's one that's been in response to, to, to God's call on your life, it's a comma that leads you to a new chapter of the journey that you're like, I didn't know I could be here. I didn't know I could live this. And, and here I am. For me, following Jesus has literally brought me thousands of miles from my country of birth and family of origin to a new country and a new family. And it's been amazing. A life of commas following Jesus that will continue on through this life into the next. Let me say this. Let's stop whining, and I'm going to use the English term. Let's stop whinging about our lives as Christians. And let's just start giving thanks. And you know what? We go through difficult times, right? We have difficulties. Our our, our loved ones die, and we don't get healed when we pray for healing, and we get into financial difficulty, and our relationships fall apart. All the stuff that's bad in life, I get it. We all go through difficult times. I'm not saying we should live yippy-skippy, always thinking Pollyanna thoughts and denying what's going on. No, what I'm saying is let's think about our lives as witnesses to the reality that we're following Jesus. And if we think of our lives that way, ask ourselves, okay, if I'm living this life, What I'm saying and what I'm doing, the the countenance on my face, the language that's coming out of my mouth, does it point to an alternative way of living that will appear more attractive to those who are not living that way? Are you with me? In other words, am I living a life that truly I'm invested in saying this is the best life you can possibly live and those who know me best and those who are closest to me will say, wow, this, this person, this person's different. This person smiles more often than than cries. This person is more positive more often than negative. This person is not nasty, but does things above and beyond to bless people. William Alexander poses this thought-provoking challenge in his book, The $64 Tomato, or Tomato from Kentucky. Um, He says... If you were doomed to live the same life over and over again for eternity, would you choose the life you're living now? If you were doomed to live the same life over and over again for eternity, would you choose the life you're living now? Now, to be honest with you, and I'm not just saying this, since I chose to follow Jesus, my answer would be absolutely yes. I would live the life following Jesus over and over and over 
and, and experience the adventures that he's brought me through and, and the blessings that he's brought. I am just so grateful to be saved by grace that the child that was born to a single mom was chosen to be adopted into the family of God and then given the opportunities that, that, that I've experienced. So absolutely, yeah. Now, the insight is this. While the question is interesting enough, would you live the same life in it, through eternity? The following follow-up question is more significant. That is, if the answer is no, if you would not be living the life that you're living now for eternity, then why are you living it anyway? In other words, why don't you make a change? Because you're not helpless. This is not time quake. Jesus has entered into our world and he offers a way to make a change. He says, follow me. Follow me. He says, come to me, all you, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And the yoke idea here was an agricultural thing. You know what they put two oxen on so they could pull a, a plow? Well, take my yoke upon you. And obviously you're wearing one. And who's wearing the other? Jesus. Got the imagery there? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Follow me. Let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you for the story. I thank you for the witness of Peter. Um, witness of Peter who is so real, so honest, so open. And we see how he responded. Of course, this, this decision to follow Jesus just, just didn't happen one at this event. I mean, we know we, from the scriptures that it took a conversation. It took a persuasion. But he came to the point after that miracle where he saw that Jesus was offering something that he did not have. And he wanted so badly and deep in his heart. And when Jesus offered the invitation, follow me, he dropped his nets. He left everything. He gave up his own agenda in his own ways. And he began this process of following. And his life became a series of commas, ups and downs. But there was always a movement forward. And he inherited the, the blessing of eternal life that was promised to him by following you. And we thank you for his witness. And I pray that every one of us here can see that and, and use that as an inspiration for us. Maybe we're not fishermen, but we're accountants. Maybe we're salesmen. Maybe we're stay-at-home moms. Maybe we're uh, single ladies, married ladies, retired ladies, retired gentlemen. I don't know. We're all in our place. And, and God, you continue to invite us. Follow me. Follow me. Some of us have been following you for years and Maybe the journey has become disheartening and discouraged. I pray that you would uh, just remind us of, of just the, the joy that we can have in you, that our life is not a, a period or a full stop, but there's a comma. We move forward into a life that has potential and possibility as long as we're walking with you. Some of us may be here that may, have, may not have responded to that call. They have a hole in their heart that, that, that needs to be filled, and they're searching. That's why they're here. They're asking the big questions. Is there a God? What does he say about life? Does he love me? What does he want from me? How do I, how do I get more than what I'm living? I don't, want, I don't like the idea that my life is beginning and end, period, full stop, no more. I, I know my life is more than that. And, and Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. Follow me, and I'll give you rest. 
follow me and wear my yoke for it's light and easy it's joy giving it's grace filled it's empowered by my spirit and transformational in my in your day to day follow me Lord, as we work through this series and as we begin to consider the Jesus' invitation to follow me, I pray that you will speak to us directly, speak to us now. Those who need to say yes to follow me, Jesus, who have never done that, I pray that they might be touched by that and, and come forward and, and share with our guys who are up front their decision to, to respond to saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Those of us that are here that have been following you and are getting tired in this journey, I pray that you might uh, speak to, to them and, and encourage them that you will never leave them nor forsake them, that you have, they're right there with you. And if they just turn their hearts and ears to your voice and your prompting, and not buy into the lies and not buy into the, the noise and not think that life is a series of periods, but instead commas that difficult times can be moved through to a new, new opportunity, a new way, a new, new, new journey. But they just need to follow. Follow me. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can interact with us online at our website, www.mtcarmelchurch.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.